Welcome to another episode of the No Name Podcast. We are just three friends that talk about sports and other things that we enjoy, mostly sports. Uh, we are going to just kind of do kind of like a, honestly, I don't even know. We don't really have much of a plan for this episode. We're just kind of talking about some NBA playoffs. We're going to do a couple other things a little bit later on in the show. Um, so yeah, there's no real, no real hard structure on this one. We're just going to kind of be winging it a little bit. So, um, first thing that I do want to talk about, if you guys don't mind, is the Nikola Jokic flagrant two ejection. Reagan, I know you did not see it. I don't believe you were watching the game. I was not, but I watched. I rewatched the play afterwards. How did you feel about that? I felt that that was not at all a flagrant two, especially in a closeout game in the playoffs. Yeah, especially against like the you know league MVP, maybe you know. Yeah. <laughs> and also in in the slow motion, he kind of just got brushed on the face. I don't know. Did you see the, the the front angle where his uh, the the elbow? Like, the, the crease at the bend in his elbow just smacked Campaign right in the nose. He definitely made contact. He didn't mean to. That was very obvious. But Campaign but... also acted like he got shot and was on the ground for five minutes. <laughs> that is, and Devin that Booker is tried to act tough, and against, he's not. Against Nikola Jokic. Don't try and act tough against Eastern pudgy. European guys. <laughs> I don't know. He's a Serbian man. He is, yes. Um, yeah, I, did, I didn't think it was a flagrant two. Um, no. I was laying in bed watching it because we just got back from my parents' house, and uh, Shelby happened to come and lay down right next to me whenever they were going through everything and looking at it. And I was like, I told her, I was like, that's definitely a flagrant one. There's 100% a flagrant one. He made unnecessary contact to the head. He kind of charged his arm up quite a bit. I get that. That's perfectly fine. I, was, I told her, I was like, there's no fucking way they're going to make this a flagrant two. There's no shot. And then they came out and was like, "It's a flagrant two. He's done." I was like, "Are you sure? <laughs> like, you guys want to re-review that?" And Tanner actually looked up the rule, the, like the definition That's of a flagrant I'm two. Getting ready to say, <laughs> yes. If you would like to read that off to us real quick, this is the flagrant rule, flagrant foul two rule on NBA.com, and it says unnecessary and excessive contact committed by a player against an opponent which i didn't read this to um luke earlier but this is the one for uh flagrant foul one it's oh that is for one contact no that's for two but this oh, okay. is the... well, i'm about to read the one. Oh, okay one. i get what you mean okay yeah um unnecessary contact committed by a player against an opponent so it's just the excessive part. Okay. Excessive contact. So it the, the commentator, I think it was the commentators, it might have been the ref that they brought in afterwards, was like it was when he, the fact that he like charged it up so aggressively mm-hmm. is what killed him for it. I feel like if he didn't raise his arm quite as high, I don't think it would have been like a flagrant two. Would, easily a flagrant one, not even a question about it. Yeah. But a two in a closeout game against your league MVP I guess like, they just wanted serious? to go home. I guess, man. They were just done. And then this, and then the Nuggets decided to make it a close game anyway. And it's like, really? Like that was that was weak, man. I, <clears throat> everyone knows I don't care for Nikola Jokic. I think he's a funny guy. I'm sure he's super nice, but I don't like him. He takes defensive possessions off. I still think Joel Embiid should have been MVP, but I get. I think he won uh, most available player is what everyone on Sixers Twitter is saying. But um, so I, I'm not huge on it. But that was garbage, man. That was absolute garbage. There's no reason he should have been ejected for that. I mean, in like based off the rule, it's a flagrant two. Mm-hmm. But what I'm gonna say is, is like most 
there's way worse fouls that are committed. And, yeah. And, and I feel it, like most refs, when they're judging flagrants nowadays, it seems like they just determine it on, like, was it intentional or not? Mm-hmm. See, another yeah. thing that they said goes part of it is um, sportsmanlike, unsportsmanlike acts before or after the play, which Devin Booker and Jokic got into it. And they did, they yeah. called it for flagrant two. So, yeah. so here's the question. Do you think if, if D-Book and uh, Jokic didn't get into it afterwards, do you think they might have downgraded it to a one? Do you think that's maybe what set him over the edge? I, th- I think it was possibly. that he charged his arm. I think it was that he charged his arm. Yeah. Because they, I, I they gave him a tech for that, so. I think I think it's because he charged his arm. No matter what, he's getting a flagrant. Mm-hmm. But I, I think him, like getting in a scuffle with D Book after is what made him, like. And the other thing is, is because me and my friends talking about this a, a, like a while ago. It doesn't help. Which, like, I'm not saying he gets an advantage, but there's times where Chris Paul gets an advantage mm-hmm. because he's the president of the Players Association. Yeah. Like, you know, when he's always like, oh, it's shirt's untucked. And yeah. they call him for tech. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. fucking CP does it all the time, multiple players do it all the fucking yeah, all, time. Hell, Ben Simmons had his jersey untucked in the last game. Like, it, it happens, man. Yeah. No one, no one but, cares, honestly. Like, yeah. I think that also has something to do with it because they don't want to, like, they know their job, like CP could get rid of their job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like CP could be like, no. Which I'm not saying CP would do that. By yeah, not not saying that he's like in the ref's pocket going or ear, not pocket. I apologize. Not in, like yeah. in the ref's ear going, hey, I can get you fired. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, like yeah, I, I, I the ref, but the refs are think they're thinking. Yeah, that it was, way. it's somewhere like, deep in the back of their mind. Yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I, I absolutely hated that. Um, I don't think it would have mattered, honestly. I'm pretty sure the Nuggets were just done at that point. Jokic looked like he was just, he just kind of gave up after that. Like when it, that so the foul that kind of set the whole thing off is Jokic had the ball. Um, I'm telling neither of these guys were watching the game at that point. Tanner just got home from work. I don't know what Reagan was doing, um, but I had just turned it on a few minutes prior to that. And Jokic got the ball like at the three point line and he started to drive. And when he did, he lowered his shoulder like every single big in the entire league does. To, and made contact with DeAndre Ayton, and when he made the contact, he went up and tried to get called for a foul, and he forced a shot up thinking, and one, and the ref didn't call it, because it wasn't a foul. It wasn't a foul on DeAndre Ayton anyway. It definitely would have been, if they wanted to call one, it would have been on Jokic, and then he got pissed. And so after that, they got the rebound, gave it to campaign, and then it just kind of went, went from there. It's, 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 he was aggravated. He knew we're probably about to get swept. He wasn't playing that great. It, it was just a rough game. I think he was emotionally checked out at that point. I think he was done. I really do. I think he mentally was done in that game. I think he was, like, emotionally checked out before, yeah. like, that third last game. Because, yeah. like, he, last game, if you look at paper, like, he played fucking great game. Because mm-hmm. he had a 30-point triple-double. But he, like, Jokic really didn't play very well last yeah. game like he got his he got his stats but like there's i mean there's there's been getting stats and like winning yeah and you know he he uh i don't i don't know like i think he's just he's so frustrated and you know it's a hard thing to win i don't, don't want to say win by yourself because he's obviously got pieces around him but like yeah. his main co-stars mm-hmm. not there 
So, yeah. like, it's hard to win, especially against one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now. The fact, so, like, yeah. And especially tough. in the playoffs, just in general. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't blame him for, you know. I yeah, Honestly, I think... I'd be scared shitless going into that series. You're like, you're we're facts, facing a team that yeah. just fucking beat LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, that that was it, it. It was kind of a doomed kind of series from the start. I after game one, I was pretty well ready to call the series, and that's nothing against the Nuggets. It's just the Suns are blazing hot. The Nuggets are missing their really number one scoring option. You know what I mean? Jokic is yeah. usually going to be the playmaker, and then once he opens things up like that, that's when he gets his points. So they really rely on people like Jamal Murray and um, MPJ to get their get their points early, so he can finish things off for him and whatnot. So that yeah, that that was just tough. That, it, it was a tough series for the Nuggets. Hell of a year though, and I think they're going to be good for quite a while. But that, this this just wasn't their year, man. It was not their year. No shame in that. No, no shame. Good season. Got they're the still, MVP. They're but. still young. It's they're super young. young. Yeah. Yeah, they still got plenty of time. So plus they mm-hmm. have a who probably should have been the league MVP, judging by that game in Javale McGee. So you know, uh, <laughs> so uh, this next one I do want to just kind of gloss over it real quick because I don't think any of us really care too much about this series yet. The um, Clippers, Utah. Clippers Jazz series. Jazz Jazz didn't play super great in Game Three, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both turned it up. Tanner told me this earlier. Apparently, Kawhi Leonard's never what you say, lost a playoff series he's, when down two zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, starting out two zero, he's never lost. That's crazy to me. That's that's a pretty I think, good stat. I think that's going to change though. You think so? I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think he's. I it depends on how bad Donovan's issue issue is. Yeah. Yeah, because he turned his ankle, and whenever they showed him after his injury, like he was, he wasn't putting much weight on it, and that's the same ankle that kept him out for however long. So he could have reaggravated it. Donovan goes down, their mm-hmm. Jazz have zero percent chance. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I fucking hate Donovan Mitchell, you guys know that, but I put respect on him. Like he's a damn good ball player and he's the heart and soul of that team. So if he's out, that team's nothing because Jordan Clarkson can't do it by himself. Like Speaking of Donovan Mitchell, can we talk about what Stephen Ace said? Did you guys see what he said? About Donovan Mitchell. Didn't he say like he's yeah. the best player in jazz history or something like that mm-hmm. already? Best player in Jazz franchise history, and he also said, "I think it was him. Might have been someone else. I don't remember honestly, but someone said that we need to put Donovan Mitchell's name with KD, LeBron, and Steph." See, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell has uh-huh. not really done anything to piss me off, but the Donovan Mitchell stands are a different breed, man. They are a different breed out here. That is. Uh... I like the guy. The only thing I'll say about Stephen A's point there, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Donovan Mitchell has just as many rings as Stockton and Malone. Very fair, but you gotta put some respect on John Stockton's name, bro. No, I don't. Fair enough, alright, I did not have a word for that. You gotta put respect on Carl Malone's name. I don't talk about Carl Malone. Yeah, we, we shouldn't talk about Carl Malone. We shouldn't we talk, talk about, about Carl Malone. We don't mess with Carl, Carl Malone like Carl that. Carl Malone on court was a good basketball player. Off yes. court, he did a lot of questionable things. <laughs> questionable. Yes, we, will, we will go with the word well, questionable. Obviously yeah. not questionable, it's just, but you know just what I mean. gloss over it. <laughs> everything but about him he did this that the one really bad thing we'll ignore that though it's fine <laughs> but he he i i mean carmelone is like still 
one of the greatest power forwards of all time. Yeah. Like, on court. But, like... Yeah, they 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 just need to pump the brakes on Donovan Mitchell. He's still a young guy, and they're putting a lot just, of pressure on to keep this up. And it's it's gonna it. I I don't know what kind of mentality he has. He might have that dog in him that that's fine with it. But that's a lot a lot of talking, a lot of pressure for a guy who's like, ah, shit. I don't even know how old he is. Like twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, like maybe. Even, Wade can still suit up for him. He owns the team. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that, that's about all I got to say for the Jazz series. If Donovan Mitchell comes back, I think Jazz still win the series. If he doesn't, Clippers probably going to – not probably. They're going to take it if he doesn't come back, or at least not for a couple games anyway. Um, going to the other side, I'm saving the Sixers for last, just so you know. Um, we recorded this podcast uh, on what, – what, shit, what day was that? That was just like two days ago. When it went to Friday. And I said I don't see the Bucks winning a game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then they immediately won two games. So I will take the L on that one. Um, but not a full L. Because the only reason they lost tonight is because Kyrie tried to kill it, break his ankle. So he just, He's got to get his rest. Okay? He's got, he's go on his Ramadan get, break. Go on another Ramadan break. Yes, sir. Yeah, so that's tough. But mm-hmm. And people on Twitter are kind of flaming Steve Nash right now, saying... This is your time. You got to show people that you're actually a coach because it's pretty easy to coach when you have three all-time scoring machines on your team. Here's what I'm gonna say about Steve Nash because I don't. I mean, I don't know if Reagan knows this, but I know you know this, Luke. Steve Nash is my favorite player of all time. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Steve yes, <laughs> but Steve Nash, I'm not gonna ever defend Steve Nash as a coach because one, I we're talking about this. He has like the hardest coaching job in the league right now, in my opinion, because he has two. Two of the biggest divas, like, ever on his team. And Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Yeah. And James Harden, who's, he's not a giant diva, but he can be. Yeah. If he, you know what I mean? Like, he's not a huge diva, but he mm-hmm. can be if he wants to be. Yeah. So, he's got a real, and he's also, I mean, also doesn't help, like, Steve Nash. The one thing that team needs is the one thing that Steve Nash was bad at in his career, and that's defense. Mm-hmm. And his assistant coach is the is best fucking... defensive coach in history. <laughs> the guy Mike D'Antoni. The guy yeah. whose favorite, my favorite quote of all time is half the defense, double the offense. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, that's, I don't know. Brooklyn's in a weird spot, man. They're... I don't blame him for signing Steve Nash. Because, like, Absolutely Steve, Nash, Steve Nash is a all-fame point guard. Like, yeah. It's either he turns out to be Steve Kerr or he turns out to be fucking Derek Fisher. Weren't the Nets the first team to hire Jason Kidd for a coach, too? It was them or the Bucks. Yeah, it was either them or the Bucks. I know know the Bucks hired Jake. I think it was the Bucks first. I, I thought it was the Nets first. Regardless, the Nets are just going to keep trying these Hall of Fame point guards until eventually one of them works out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. One of these days, they're going to get one of them, but it might be Kyrie Irving in 30 years, but we'll see, I guess. Uh, I will say, though, with this Nets series, this Game 5, to me, is the most important game mm -hmm. of KD's career. Yeah, absolutely it is. He has to prove himself in this Game 5. Yeah, PJ Tucker's been game playing five is some the most defense. important game of the series. It it really is. Yeah, it's huge. And if he can't point. step up while he's being guarded by PJ Tucker, mm-hmm. nothing against PJ Tucker, but 
I mean, it's he's the greatest scorer of all time. Exactly. Yeah. He has to take more shots. Mm -hmm. Ad just gotta. I don't know. Like, I don't know what Ad's like mindset is like going into games anymore. Because like, he used to come in games and like he was gonna give you thirty no matter what. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like they were gonna win the game, but he just like, and I understand he's coming off an Achilles injury. But still, I just don't know. Like, I think someone's, like, Kyrie, maybe, or Draymond. Like, when he was in Golden State, he was just sick of all of, like, Draymond shit and all mm-hmm. their shit. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, he just wants, like, the easy way out. Which, like, I'm not saying that he was like, give me Harden here. I want this yeah. big three. But yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I'll give him a bit of a pass for the Brooklyn thing. Because it's, I'm pretty, he was the first one to sign there, wasn't he? Him and Kyrie signed on the same day. It was the same yeah. time? Okay, so either way, he was like, all right, me and Kyrie, and then we'll just build a decent team around it. Like, he he was, it seemed like he was actually yeah. going to try to get, like, a genuine ring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they were like, And then James oh, Harden got available, and then they got him. Like, like Yeah, and it's not, it's not like he seemed like, no. Ex- exactly. Right. Like, for Harden. Exactly. I like, why? Yeah. myself. Yeah, like, you'd, that'd be, that you'd be ridiculous not to trade for him, because, yeah. I mean, at the time, you know, that's a free ring. You know, you have three yeah. of some of the best scorers the league's ever seen on the same team. That's tough to say no to, so. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't really blame him for the whole making a super team in Brooklyn because it wasn't his fault. I think, yeah. like I said, I think he was trying to get like a, I don't want to say a genuine ring because obviously his other rings are genuine, but you know what I mean. Like an actual, he took a I, team I, that I wasn't that. stacked and yeah. made it a good team, good enough to win the finals. He tried yeah. to do that. Yeah, so and it just worked yeah. for harder. Exactly, yeah. Because, like, he did not have to work at all in Golden State. I mean, like, he obviously had to work to get a ring, but, like, he didn't. They are both, like, those teams were winning the ring before mm-hmm. they the season started. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's not on KD, so I don't think that'll hurt his legacy or anything. But I did see something that, oh, shit, I don't even remember who it was. It might have been Nick Wright uh, said that Kevin Durant is getting a taste of what LeBron has gone through a lot in his career, and that's being the one player that everybody zones in on because he doesn't have anybody around him. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to that if James Harden can't play because, I mean, in that team, who's really going to be their number two guy without Kyrie and um, Harden I mean, on the court? Today it was Blake Griffin, so... yeah. So we'll I just have to see if he keeps playing like he did today or yeah, if he goes like, back to... I mean, if I'm if I'm Milwaukee, yeah, if I'm Milwaukee, I'm just telling Giannis, like, hey, go focus on him, Chris Middleton, be on the weak side next to him, be everyone, be close to him, make the other guys beat you. You don't let KD beat you, and if he winds up beating you, that's not your fault. That's that a greatest scorer of all time just took over and won for him. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, KD can't play like he did today and expect mm-hmm. to win this series. Absolutely not. Yeah. He shot nine for twenty-five, and most of it was because he was just settling for jumpers mm-hmm. over PJ Tucker. Yeah, he's he's got to try to get open. He's not getting open at all. He's not mm-hmm. making any space. He's just trying to pull up, mm-hmm. which worked which, for him in the past. Yeah, in his defense, like he has always been able to just to shoot over. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> but PJ Tucker is actually playing really tight defense on him this is, whole yeah, series because. I, I think the Bucks basically told him, "You're not going to do anything but hug KD all series." Yeah, and that's what well, he did. And, 
he's great at it because all he had to do last season is hug centers. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he, he he's really it, it just player. looks like Katie's settling for a lot of jumpers oh, when he doesn't does. need to. Well, he's, it, it he's wasn't, shooting jumpers early in the shot clock that he doesn't need to. It wasn't the game tonight. I didn't get or this afternoon. I guess whose idea was that? By the way, Nets Bucks at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. Are you serious? Whatever. It, I'm not getting into that right now. Um, but so I didn't get to watch that game because I was at my parents' house. But the the game before that, where the final score was like seventy eight to seventy five. I was yeah. watching it, and KD tried so hard to get P.J. Tucker off of him, whether it be screens or dribble moves or whatever, and P.J. Tucker was there. He fought over everything, and I was just – I never been impressed with P.J. Tucker as a human being until that exact moment. I was like, all right, you, this is why you're in the NBA. I respect the hell out of that. I haven't seen someone try that hard on defense since Draymond Green in like those 2015 Warriors days. Like, yeah. that was just incredible. I was so impressed. So that was very good. Also, not to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty sure I said that Milwaukee would take both games in Milwaukee. I still don't yeah. think they should. They would have taken the, today's game if Kyrie didn't get it. I still but, think uh, they would have. important. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was they the were, wrong they were one still on up. that series. <laughs> I am aware. Fuck off. So... Saving, in my opinion, the best for last, mainly because there's not really a whole lot to talk about. Um, best. Si- fuck off. Sixers, Hawks, um, Ben Simmons clamped up Trey Young. Trey Young made his stat line look good by just getting some garbage time points whenever we were up 20. Whatever. Um, but I do have one thing I really, 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 really want to complain about. And that was Hawks fans cheering when Joel Embiid went down with an injury to the point where Clint Capella went like this to call them off and waved them down because they were cheering so aggressively when he was on the ground. If you're a fan that cheers for injury, you are the worst type of human being. Like, how shitty of a person you got to be to just root for injury? Like, I mean, I like I understand your point, but I also understand like rooting for like. I'm not. I'm not saying it's okay to root for an injury, but I get it because, like, the I like if Joel gets hurt, the Hawks have like a way like way they're favorites to win the series at that point. Cause, yeah, I get that, I mean, but at that point, that's not even like an act. That's a victory, but you have nothing to be proud of. You beat a team where their best player was out. Like, well, yeah, but and you're just gonna so get swept in the that. next round. I, yeah, the players don't because like it's the same with like. Kawhi's ring in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I just, I just, I always hate it. I don't care what the sport is. If a player gets hurt and the fans cheer, it just pisses me off because it's just like, dude, I don't care how much you hate them. Like, they could be your least favorite player in the entire league. If they and they go down with an injury, you shouldn't be like good. That just shouldn't be a thing unless they're like an actual piece of shit human being and they get injured. You shouldn't ever say awesome my team can win now that shouldn't be your mentality your mentality should be that really sucks i hope it's not serious if you want to be like oh sweet maybe he's out for this game that's a different thing i see players that get hurt and i'm like okay be hurt for this game and this game only like i just i just want to get past this game and i'm fine with that but you don't cheer for injuries man that's such a garbage thing to do and they did it fucking twice they did it twice bro it's also hot you gotta realize like the shit they just took when they just play i mean new york yeah is new york but like i i don't think I, there's definitely 
there's definitely something wrong with it. Yeah. But I also don't blame like fans for doing that because like, you know, as it's like in the regular season, it's different, but in like a playoff atmosphere, mm-hmm. I understand it a little bit more because I mean, at the end of the day, like everyone's trying to win a ring. Yeah. So like, if if Joe if Joel gets hurt their like chances of making on to the next round are like yeah significantly higher which like it's not a good thing like oh yeah joe got hurt fuck you joel yeah like but joel got hurt like we can win mm-hmm. that's you know like the i think there's a difference between like you know those two like mindsets because like i've definitely watched games i'm like okay someone got hurt like we have Good. a chance now. Yeah, well, we exa- exactly. Yeah, win. but like, like, but like, not, not like, fuck, fuck you. I'm glad you're hurt. Yeah, like I, 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 you, I always take it when fans cheer for injury like that as a good fuck you. You're hurt. That's that's how I always take it. And I think that's how the players yeah. take it too. Because like, I, just imagine working your whole life. You're twenty. Fuck. I think he's like twenty five. Twenty five years old in the league. You have a good chance to win the finals this year. You hurt your knee, and then you hear the fucking crowd go, "Woohoo! I'm glad you're hurt." Like that's gotta suck, bro. Like that, yeah. just, that's just awful. So I don't, I don't know. I I hate it. I think it was classless. Also, I think if it was Philadelphia, people would be talking about it a lot more, calling us awful fans. But since it was Atlanta, it got swept under the rug. So maybe that's another reason I'm kind of upset about it. I mean, you guys can both be awful fans. <sighs> Fair enough. Well, um, Haw- I think Hawks are just like trying to retaliate after. New York, honestly, like because yeah. New York just shit on Trey Young. They they mm-hmm. did, I mean, like, yeah. Like fans, I mm-hmm. mean, obviously they, they literally lost. spit at him. Like, come on, yeah, yeah. I I get that. Yeah, I did. I did see a tweet that made me laugh. It said the Hawks won one playoff series and don't know how to act. Like, <laughs> yeah. so that made me chuckle. Um, so there's that, and I'm actually also seeing something so fucking stupid. So you you guys know Joel Embiid has a slightly torn meniscus. People, the Hawks fans are actually starting to say there's no way he actually has a torn meniscus. That's fa- that's a fake injury, and they're starting to th- say that he's actually not hurt. That was just a ploy. I'm like, have you ever watched a healthy Joel Embiid? I promise he doesn't run like that. Like you can see him hobbling up and down the court. You can see he's not I mean, fully there. Like in fairness, shut the fuck up, Regan. No, no, hear me out. The only thing we've ever seen from that was whenever he fell down and stood up holding his back. Yeah, and then I don't they know what that was. and then they said his knee was messed up. Yeah, that that, so, that was a little weird. I, so in fairness, I I, I I fully believe that he could have torn his meniscus, not noticed, because he did hit his hip really hard when he fell. So I'm sure that mm-hmm. did hurt. And I bet he just didn't notice a meniscus. I wouldn't be shocked anyway, because if it's a slight enough tear, like he, I mean, he has knee issues anyway. Most tall people in the league do, so maybe he just thought, you know, oh, my knee feels a little weird or something. So, it's like know. that graphic in the regular season when Anthony Davis is holding his holding his foot and is like, yeah, he's out for back spasms. <laughs> that. Yeah, that was that was interesting. So, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of a kind of fun that the Hawks fans are kind of getting pissed now and they're like actually playing a good basketball team it's not as not as easy as what they thought it was going to be Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are a little different than RJ Barrett and fucking I forgot his name it just left me Julius Julius Randle thank you all I could think of was Anthony Bennett and I'm like I I know that ain't right so so yeah um but yeah I think that's all I really had to talk about for the actual like um playoff series the playoff series yeah 
So there's that. You guys have anything you want to kind of toss in here? Any any thoughts? Any comments? Oh, I do have. I I do have one quick thing. I need Tony Brothers to get fired. I fucking hate watching Tony Brothers games, dude. He doesn't call anything for three and a half quarters, and then the final five minutes, anyone who breathes wrong gets a tech, and then it's four free throws in a row. It's like, I just want to go home. We're up 45. Mm-hmm. I want to stop watching this. Can we please just hurry it up? So, anyway. So, that's all I wanted to talk about for the NBA season. So, I Reagan think we are going to... Uh, yes, I think we are now going to advance to okay. the NBA trivia. I do oh. know... I, I ran through a couple different questions, not this, not this one specifically, uh, with Tanner on a different quiz, and he, he seems like he knows his things. Right? Oh, Tanner's already gotten practice. This is yeah, they, well, they, like, they, they, they were like different ones. These, these, these are a bit of a different trivia. Questions. Are we talking? Uh, you, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. So, we will start. He's gonna be better. We will start with an easy one. So let's, uh, let's go with this. Which former NBA player had a starring role in the 1980 comedy movie Airplane? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Correct. Yes. So there you go. E- easy question. See, like it's not not necessarily about the game, but it's about the players. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's okay. Kind of a little thing for you. So let's immediately jump into a hard one. So you know. Are you keeping score? Um, I I'm keeping score for both of us. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So, all right. So. Within the first 70 years of NBA history, so 1947 to 2017, who is the only player to record a 30-assist game? Scott Skiles. Scott Skiles. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Now this... I thought I was going to have to answer a question about the 1940s or something. I did, too. <laughs> And I was just gonna say Bob Cousy. No, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you guys questions like that because that's all you would answer. So, all right, I want to see how you guys are gonna do with this one, just because it has to do with a specific year, and I want to see how good your memories are remembering. That was a bit redundant to say, but you know what I mean. That's okay. So, which player was the MVP of the NBA Finals in 2014? Andre Iguodala. Okay, both going with Iggy. Yeah. The correct <gasps> answer. Wait, it, no, wait. Is it Kawhi? It is Kawhi. You do not get a point for that since you already oh. used your answer. But yes, it was Kawhi Leonard. Yes. <laughs> I don't get a point. Nope. Yeah, I was thinking of the 2015 16. Yep. 2014 was when the Spurs beat the Heat. Yep. Yep. All right. Relatively easy one, if you guys listen to me talk ever. Philadelphia 76ers star Joel Embiid is a native to which African country? Nigeria. Okay, Reagan. I I I know, but I can't remember. Carry the three. Carry <laughs> the three. Okay, I will be right back. I gotta plug my laptop. Okay. Oh, I don't have a guess. You don't have a guess. You can't think of one, huh? So you're just gonna I force trying, with that. I was trying to think of the because. I'm thinking of the bottom of the Joel Embiid shoes that we had in the store, because <laughs> it has all the places. Mr. Ace, we're going to need an answer here. Johannesburg. <laughs> Johannesburg. It's on the bottom of the shoes, I think. Incorrect. The correct answer is Cameroon. 
I know both of you knew that. Like, like, come on, guys. You're better than I'm this. I'm trying You're better to think of the this. shoes. I know colleges, not hometowns. I don't know colleges, so. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, in 2015, this is a moderately easy one. Which NBA player broke the record for most points in a quarter? Clay Thompson? Or, I, Clay Thompson. I'd make Clay. <laughs> Reagan <laughs> is a half a second ahead of you on all these, Tanner. You gotta be quicker than that. Next time I next make, time we do I something like this, we'll work out a buzzer <laughs> system or something. Alright. This is one that I was really intrigued to see if you guys know, because this is gonna see show how much you pay attention. Which NBA player has had a tattoo of Malcolm X on his left calf since 2012. I, know it. I, ple- I believe I know it. Okay. Reagan, I'll let you make since your guess 2012? first. Since 2012? Since 2012. I got two people in mind. I know it's one of the two. I'm going to say it's Kyrie Irving. Okay. Tanner? I, this is not my guess, but it's either Derrick Rose or Dame. Okay. I'm just trying to remember which one it is. I'm going to go Derrick Rose. Final answers for both of you. Yes. Sure. The correct answer is Derrick Rose. Oh. I'm, I'm proud of you, Tanner. He's a Chicago fan. <laughs> Derrick <laughs> Rose wears leg sleeves. Oh, like he doesn't know everything about Derrick <laughs> Rose's life. That's true. Oh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I almost skipped this question, but it made me chuckle because I'm a fucking child, so we're going to go with it. In 2010, which NBA player posed nude for an issue of ESPN Magazine? 2010? 2010. Do we have hints on any of these questions? Okay, I will give you uh, one hint if you would like it. This is my question. I don't I don't want the hint but yet, but... My question is, are we talking about, like, actually nude, or are we talking about, like, the ESPN, like, where they are naked, but they're covering... You did not get to see his dick, no, Tanner. Okay, that's what I mean. (laughs) That's what I'm sorry. Yeah, I assume he had a basketball or something covering it. It was for the body issue. Mm Yeah, that's what I meant. Yes. So would you guys like your hint? I only know one NBA player that's done that. I do, too, and it wasn't in 2010. It wasn't. I know D Wade did it, but I don't know. It was like a few years ago. He was a member of the New York Knicks at the time. Oh, I know it. I think I feel like I know it. Reagan, you got an answer? 2010 New York Knicks. I'm really enjoying this. That's a really bad team. It's a really bad team. I'm good. It's not Carmelo, but I'm going to say it's Carmelo because he's the only person I can think of, and I don't even know if he played there in 2010. Okay, Tanner, who do you think? Amari Stoudemire. It was Amari Stoudemire, yes, sir. I know Tanner's heartbroken. I thought he was still in Phoenix. (laughs) All right, can we take a break for just a second? I have to go mess with this cat. Yes, we can. I will pause it right now. All right, we are back. There was a short intermission there. Reagan had to go take care of his kitty cat. So we are going to jump right back Mm -hmm. into it. So next question. Which player was selected first in the 1983 NBA draft? 83? 
He had an injury history that kind of derailed his career. Would you like me to look up in this draft class and tell you who was in it? Maybe? I don't know. I, I got a three. So. No, I don't. Because I guess it's bad. <laughs> My guess is bad, he says. This was the Clyde Drexler class. With Doc Rivers also that in there. That helps me so much. <laughs> yeah, looking I'm at this so draft bad. class, I'm not surprised that doesn't help much, buddy. It's pretty, uh, it's a draft 1983. class. 1983. 84 was Jordan's class. So he got drafted a year before Jordan. This class is pretty garbage, but we will need an answer here, gentlemen. Larry to, Bird. You just want to toss a name out there. I, I was going to say Penny Hardaway. The correct answer is somebody you've definitely heard of, Ralph Sampson. Oh, God, he, he was eighty-three. <laughs> he was eighty-three. Yes, sir. Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Did you say Penny Hardaway? I I just From said nineteen eighty-three. <laughs> I watched him play. <laughs> I just said someone. I didn't know. Well, Larry Bird was closer than Penny Hardaway for the eighties. The first person that came to mind when he said injuries. Like injury derailed his career was Penny Hardaway. It's okay. I thought of Yao Ming right away, and I was like, "Wait." <laughs> All right, might be a really easy one, depending on how good you guys are at nicknames. I know Reagan's good at them. I'm really good at too. So. Which former NBA player went by Chocolate Thunder? Daryl Dawkins. I wasn't even close. A plus, Reagan. Good job. I, I'll give him. I I knew it, but I couldn't. I almost said Dominique Wilkins because I get them confused. Times. All right, are you guys ready to answer very quickly? No answering before I finish the question, all right? You ready? Let's see how quick you are, because this is a pretty easy one, in my opinion. Hall of Fame NBA player Larry Bird, I also felt that was appropriate because you just mentioned him, also won NBA Coach of the Year while coaching what team? Indiana Pacers. Yes, sir. The Indiana Pacers. That is the answer. A+. plus. <laughs> I knew that Daryl Dawkins I knew his name was Dawkins but I couldn't think of his fucking first name <laughs> I about said Dion Dawkins <laughs> alright score at Tanner yes what is, uh, let's get a score the score, the score is uh, I'm up by two it's six to four six four alright this is gonna be an interesting one this is a very hard let's see how good you guys are very hard yes these, they actually have these like ranked on how hard they are which of these 20th century NBA players spent three years playing Major League Baseball before entering the NBA? Really listen to that wording I used there. If you need me to repeat the question, just ask. Sure. Now which, that you said that. <laughs> oh, I said which of these. I apologize. This is not a multiple choice question. Some of these can uh, be, and I can give you multiple choice if you would like later on, mm. but... Um, what NBA, what NBA player in the 20th century spent three years playing Major League Baseball before entering the NBA? I know the only I have one person that's coming in mind, and he was like really into baseball, and he played baseball after his career, but I don't know if he played before. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to think. And the only other person I know played baseball is Jordan. I'll tell you right now, it was not Michael Jordan. I know it's not Michael Jordan. 
I'm going to make my guess. Would, would you like a hint before your guess? Yes, actually. Yes, please. This, this might help you guys out a little bit. At one point after he retired from the league, he was... MLB G- or NBA? NBA. He was the GM of a team. Well, that just derailed my fucking... <laughs> is it 20th century? 20th century is like 19... 19th. Yeah, that's what I thought, right? Yes. A GM of a team. And if you guys are very stuck, I can give you the year he was drafted. Yes, I want the year he was drafted because now I mean. Reagan, 19- do you want that too? Yes. Right. He I'm was lost. He entered the 1981 NBA draft. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> there you goes guys. my guess. My, my guess. My guess before. I'm not just how my guess. Now. My guess before was T Mac because he yeah. played after. Career. Okay. 1981. I'm going to say Michael Thompson. Okay. Tanner, do you have a guess? Fucking Bell Curry. I don't know. Okay. Before I give the answer, so if you guys get it off of this hint, I'm not going to give you the point, but we're going to just see if this would have helped. If I were to say he was the king of almost getting guys, would you know who I was talking about? Oh, I don't get a point anymore. Correct. Dang it, it's Danny Ainge. It is Danny Ainge, yes sir. Mr. Danny Ainge. Fun He's always been you. like one, one second away from getting a huge trade oh, every okay. year. I'm, I, in my mind, I was thinking like Playing. getting posters. Oh. Like, we, we call John yeah, Ray Danny Ainge. Like king, <laughs> uh, king of almost. Fair because like he fucking so that's what I was saying. I was like, Danny Ainge did both are fucking anybody. <laughs> Fun fact about Danny Ainge: any Danny Ainge apparently holds the distinction of being the only athlete in history to be named an All-American in football, baseball, and basketball. I knew that. That's kind of weird. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he was I'm, in baseball, but I'm really surprised Anthony Edwards didn't do that. I don't know if you guys would know this one. We're going to skip that one because I don't know if you would know it. Just say it. Uh, yeah, who is credited with being the first person to play in the NBA to ever come out as publicly homosexual? Oh, that's fucking um, Jason Collins. I thought it was someone before that. There was somebody before Jason Collins. Before Jason he was Collins. the first active player to come out. He was, he, Jason Collins was still in the league when he came out. Oh, so this person came out afterwards. Yes. After yes. their career. He was retired. He retired in 2003 and came out in 2007. Six years before Collins did. They actually mentioned it. I don't even know how to say his name. John Amici? Amici? I oh, no I know. I've, I've heard, heard of him name. in stories. <laughs> you, guys, you guys might know this one. You guys might know this one. Let's see. Who is the first player in NBA history to play in over 1,000 consecutive games? I have a guess. This is deemed a hard question. Oh! I have a guess. But, the first player? I don't know if he's the first player. You said 1,000 in a row? 1,000 consecutive games. I'm going to guess Robert Parrish. Okay. Oh, that's who my guess was going to be, so now I'm going to change it. He only missed three games throughout his 15-year career. 
Now I really think it's Robert Parrish. <laughs> James Worthy. AC Green. <gasps> no, I knew it was a Lakers guy. <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. <laughs> Alright, another another quick answer one. You guys should know this one. Which team won the NBA championship in 2004? Pistons. That one was a tie. You said that at the exact same time. One of my favorite teams of all time. I have the jersey of Ben Wallace, Richard Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, and Chauncey Billups. You know, I could give Tanner a really free point right here. I'm not going to. That would be very nice. I'll let Reagan say the answer first because I just want to know. (laughs) What if I don't know the answer because it's a bull question? Tanner, Reagan, you're... Who was the MVP of the 2010-2011 season? No, there Joe Noah. <laughs> Should have been. That's my goat right there. So I get the point for that one, right? Yes, sure. I don't care. I'll, I'll give you the point. Ooh. No, I don't want This to. is an interesting one. All right. Who was the first Chinese-born player to actually play in an NBA game? You got you guys know weird history, so I don't know if you'll know this one or not. We're getting some pretty hard ones on here. Is it Yi Jillian? That's who I was gonna say. It is I not. Would you guys each like one more guess, or do you want to just hear the answer? I have I, one other guy in my head that I can't think of his name though. I know there's Yee. another Chinese player before Yao and mm-hmm. before Yi, but I I'm can't. I'm pretty sure it's that. Is it that little like five eleven dude? I yeah. know nothing about him. And his name was Yuda. I just don't remember his last name. He was seven foot tall. <clears throat> he played from two thousand one to two thousand five. Oh God, I have no idea then. Chinese born player from 2000. So, Tanner, you officially forfeit then? Um, no, because I know who the <laughs> fuck it is. I know who it is because now you. As soon seven. as you guys know, as soon as you hear the name, I'll be shocked if you don't know him. I I googled him. I reckon I know this guy, and I don't even know old players like that. You guys know that. 2001. Uh, I'll give up because I can't think of his name. Can't. Reagan, I'll give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. I don't know. Time's up. The answer was Wang Zizi. Zizi. I don't know how to say his name, I'll be honest with you. He was only seven foot? He, he was only seven foot, apparently, yes. Who am I thinking of that was like seven six that tried to make it in the NBA? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, you're thinking of the guy that's Stun Ming Ming. <laughs> no, literally, that's his name. I think that's his name. Fantastic. You think? I thought you said um, the guy that just played on the Rockets like a couple years ago. That guy? You know who I'm talking about? Nope. Jeremy Lin? No, <laughs> Jeremy Lin. <laughs> Fucking, um... I don't know. Alright, it's not Next question. Alright. <laughs> who... I'm sorry. Which NBA player scored 71 points in a single game in 1994? I know this one. 
I think I know this one. I know this one. I just forgot his name completely. I'm upset with myself. <laughs> and he for the Nuggets. Oh, thank you, Reagan. Um, it's Alex English. No, it's not Alex English. It's David Thompson. Are those your final answers? Yes. I yes. I'll take my final answer is Alex English because it's not Alex English because he it played the was David Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> I got the name right. This, this man's Hold face on. is just dumbfounded. Hold on. During the Spurs' final regular season game of 1994, oh, David Robinson Shaq. intentionally set out to score 71 points. Oh, shit. That's funny. I was thinking yeah. Alex English, but Alex English played in the fucking 80s. Because I, I as soon as he said Denver Nuggets, that's the first person that came to my mind. Oh, son of a bitch. David Thompson scored 73 in a game. <laughs> Probably wasn't even for the scoring title trash. And he also played in the late 70s, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> I'm bad with Another errors. nickname. <laughs> Another nickname. You ready? Mm-hmm. What NBA player's nickname was Big Smooth? I know you guys know who this is because I fucking know who this is. Big Smooth. If you would like a hint, I can give one to you. He played in the 80s. I'll give you that first of all because I know you guys struggle with the 80s a little bit. Oh, another 80s. Yeah, perfect. I wasn't born in the, I was born in 2001, so I I'm, really... I'm, I'm great at the 80s question. <laughs> Killing it. Alright, so I will give you guys a hint because you all seem kind of confused. He was They say he was the first center who had a legitimate three-point shot, so he was really the first stretch five the league scene. Guys, come on, you know this. Oh, shit. Big Smooth. Big Smooth. He played in the 80s. He, he played, played in the, in the 80s. 90s. He was drafted in 1984 and played through 2001. Jesus Christ, dude. Okay. Wow. I have a guess. Okay. 84 through 2001. I'll let, I'll let Reagan guess first. But he I played s- 17 years. He played 17 years. I don't know how long this guy played, but I definitely know he was considered one of the first stretch bigs. It's not Spencer Hawes. It's next. I was going to say. I was going to say. The first person that came to mind was Brad Miller. (laughs) Fucking 84? Do you want to know who he played for without help? No, I I have. Oh, Tanner's got a guess, so that means I can't even remember his. Yeah. You're right. Um, I forgot. My guess guess is is Bill Ambeer. Okay. Uh, It probably is Bill Ambeer then. Reagan? Do you have a guess? Yeah, it is. It's Bill Lambier. I'm pretty certain. I know he's from the early 80s. It was Sam Perkins. He's from the 80s? He was from the 80s. I thought he was in like the 60s. Yes, sir. Sam Perkins. That's a 60s name. Sam Perkins. I've always been told like the first like stretch big was Bill Lambier. That's how I always... 
always heard anyway. Luke, your questions are making me look bad, but it's only because <laughs> I know stats, not uh, who was a, on a body it. issue. Of All right, here. How Randy. about this one? You might know this one. It's not stats, but it is NBA player related, and it's definitely one that you guys know. Okay. You ready? Tanner, you weren't alive yet, but... <laughs> was I? Yes. The 2000 U.S. Olympic basketball team featured two players from the Miami Heat, Tim Hardaway and Alonzo Mourning. Mm-hmm. Which was the only other NBA team to have two players on that team? So you'll get one point if you can tell me the team, and you'll get an extra point if you can tell me who the players were. In 2000? In the year 2000, yes. Uh, Lakers, Kobe, and Shaq. Okay. Wait. I didn't even know they were in the Olympics in 2000. Oh, yeah, because 04 was the bad team. 2000. I'm going to say the Jazz, Stockton, Malone. Okay, and Tanner, you went with uh, Shaq and Kobe? The correct answer was the Seattle Supersonics. Would you like to make a guess at the two players? Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. Seems like the obvious one, right? It was not. It was Gary Payton and Vin Baker. Oh. (laughs) I figured you'd get that one. I'll be honest, Rick. You know a lot of weird shit. I don't know Vin Baker's things. (laughs) Did we get too many hints so I don't get a point? Correct. <laughs> Dang it. Pity point. Ooh, all right. This is deemed an easy one because it's so recent. Yes. Which NBA player was banned from the NBA in 2016 for violating its drug policy? OJ Mayo. It was OJ Mayo, yes. A plus, buddy. I was going to say OJ Mayo, but Lance Stevenson was too. So. Well, he, I didn't... In the same year? No, but I can remember Lance Stevenson was like two years ago. So right, that's Tanner, why. You're a legend goat. Who did Michael Jordan, as president of basketball operations for the Washington Wizards, select with the first pick in the 2001 NBA draft? Kwame Brown! <laughs> Absolutely goaded, yes. The, you know, him and fucking uh, Kobe combined for 82 points in a game. I have heard that, yes. Yeah. Kobe had 81 and he had one. All right, we will, we will do two more questions. Two more questions yeah. sound good. Tanner, what's the score? Reagan, did you know that one? No, I, th- I, did th- I thought Kwame was drafted by someone not the Wizards. Okay. <laughs> what's Could the score, I Tanner? I point for it. Uh, scores 8-6. Eight six, Reagan. You could tie it up. You could tie it up. If Reagan ties it up, we'll go into sudden death. All right. So here it is. You ready? Which fellow NBA superstar fouled the legendary Isaiah Thomas so hard in 1991 that it left the latter permanently scarred? It required the ladder. F- the, the Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Is that his nickname? <laughs> no, the latter. It's a, it's a phrase. When it's the second person listed, it's the uh, latter. Oh. <laughs> you it requires Isaiah Thomas the latter. It <laughs> required forty stitches, and there's a permanent scar. Rightfully, the incident incident is considered one of the most unsportsmanlike acts in NBA history. I'm gonna say Bill Lambier. Okay, Tanner. Wait, Isaiah Thomas got. The Isaiah Thomas, yes. Oh. 
Reagan, Reagan, Reagan let, I'll let you re-guess that. I thought you yes. were saying, like, because you said fellow NBA star, and I got confused. And I meant... apologize, yes. I will give you another guess for that then, yes. My bad. He was playing against Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> and he tried to murder him, apparently. I I don't know, but I'm going to guess Kareem. Okay. Oh, dang it, Tammy, you had to lock one in. We could have gotten a hint. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a hint for you, but... Yeah. Well, you can still you can give him a hint. Nah, no, 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 no. There you... Kareem wouldn't do that. He's not Kareem dirty. fucking knocked the fuck out of a guy. You haven't seen he that? He deserved story? it. He deserved <laughs> I mean, it. Um, I mean, yeah, but... I'm going to say... Isaiah Thomas tried to get I'm going to say Kevin McHale both That's very good guesses the correct wrong. answer was carl malone carl there malone. he goes again <laughs> carl malone inflicted a vicious elbow to thomas's eye which resulted in a gruesome oh, scene yeah. 40 stitches in a permanent scar that is a that, that is a big old yikes for me let me see if i can find a good point. one this one's worth two points. This one's worth three points, so it can be three points. Let more. me find a hard one for you then. Can you find something that's not from the eighties, please? <laughs> what about two thousand? Anything past nineteen eighty nine is fine. Okay, all right. This is a draft question. Do you guys want a draft question? Oh fuck, I, that's fine. Sure. Are you guys sure? <laughs> all right. Which player in the two thousand NBA draft? was an alumni of Hofstra University in Long Island, New York. I don't fucking know. I don't know what that university is. He was drafted 20th overall by the Philadelphia 76ers. Yet he is best known for earning a championship as a member of the Spurs in 2003. And because he was known by his nickname, I will give you his first name. Are you ready? His sure. first name was Craig. I know you. I think you guys might know him. His name sounds really familiar to me. Let me let me Google him see if I do know. Craig him. Elo. It's the only person that's come to mind. That's the only Craig I know. Yeah. Oh, I think I yeah I definitely I definitely know this guy. He was a five foot eleven, a hundred and sixty six pounds. How long did he play? Till 2009. He is the the current head coach of the Hofstra men's basketball team. Of course he is. (laughs) (laughs) He averaged a whopping 9.3 points per game, 4.5 assists, and and 2.5 boards. His name's fucking Craig. Craig? But he does not go by a Craig. He goes by his nickname. Oh, you bitch. (laughs) If you guys... If you so guys we never would have know, known him by Craig. Correct, yes. If you don't know, I will give you this. I will give you his nickname, but you have to tell me his last name. And I'll count it as a point. Sound good? Five foot eleven, played for nine seasons. Drafted That's by fine. Philly, won a title with the Spurs in 03. Are you guys ready for his nickname? What he went by? Sure. His nickname was Speedy. Flaxton. 
Speedy Claxton is the correct is answer. Craig? His name is Craig. Craig, Craig Claxton. Claxton. Yes, sir. But then I thought that was a different person. His name is Craig Elliot Claxton, but he went by Speedy, head coach of the Hofstra Pride. That's not a real question. That doesn't count. <laughs> we can do another one. All right, let's let's see if I can find, let's see if I can find a good one for you guys. <laughs> I would never guess. Speedy Claxton's name was Craig Claxton. I told you guys you knew that. I knew you guys knew him. His his name is Craig Elliot Claxton. There are a lot of Bulls players, Bulls questions on this list. That's because I made the list. I knew it. (laughs) Let's see. You guys don't know the 80s, otherwise that'd be a really good one. We can do an 80s one again. We'll just struggle. I know, but that's no fun. <laughs> Trying to find a really good one. Hey, Tanner. Yeah. I'm going to let you guys decide. <laughs> If this one is too easy, if this one's too easy to end on, okay? Because I don't know if it is or not, because I feel like it's obscure enough. Which NBA player infamously turned down a $21 million contract? I know this. Who is it, Tanner? It's Latrice Sprewell, because he said he had to feed his family. Latrell, but yes, okay. See, that's that's why I wasn't sure. I was like, it's kind of obscure, so. Because he's like, I got to feed my family. I can't take this 21 mil and then didn't get signed to an NBA contract and retired. Yeah, it's awkward. Also, this one doesn't count for anything. I just want to see how quick Tanner can answer it. Tanner, what year did the Bulls draft Tony Kukoc? No idea. Really? 99. 90. Close enough. I'm pretty sure he was there for every ring. Alright, this one I just know off the top of my head. It is not even on my screen. I can show you if you don't believe me. Let's see if you guys know this one. <laughs> Who is the only player to win the dunk contest three times? That's easy. I is it? That one. Yeah, is it's it? very easy. Reagan, what's your guess? Just out of curiosity. Um... um. Tanner's feeling confident over oh, here. I already, I already know who it is. You I sure? got an intro for him too. Yeah. You have he's a won, what? He's won the most. He's won the most. He's won the most in NBA history. Well, yeah. He said the only player that's won three. Well, I know. That's what so I'm I saying. would assume so. Yeah, everyone <laughs> else has won two or less. I don't know. Dominique Wilkins, Julius okay. Irving. Tanner, let's hear. Chicago Bulls legend. New York Knicks legend, Boston Celtics legend, the guy that got knocked out by Jake Paul, Nate Robinson. <laughs> He's right. He, he won right. three. He I won thought he three. only won two. I thought so too, man. I thought so too. But I learned recently that he won three. So that's kind of why I really thought he only won two. It's kind of yeah. kind of crazy stuff, man. I had to throw in there. You got knocked out by Jake Paul in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you absolutely had to. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll end it on this one. We'll end it on this one just because I think this is kind of a fun little question. 
Which NBA personality actually owns the term three-peat, referring to a team winning three consecutive championships? Fuck, I know this. An NBA personality? Yes. So not a player or coach or anything? Although, redacted, trademarked the term three-peat in 1988, he credits one of his players at the time for coining the phrase. He allegedly earned around $300,000 in royalties when the Bulls three-peated in the 90s. So he wasn't a coach or anything? I'm not answering that question. Well, you're saying NBA like, personality, NBA but I don't know what that means. I'm like 95% positive he was an announcer, and he said it. And then that, that personality like, will make sense in a second, Reagan. You'll, you'll understand why, why they didn't coin anything specifically about him. He's probably been a coach and probably been a bunch of shit. Repeat. You guys definitely know who this is. Pat this, Riley. This is a good one to end on. Tanner, you have a guess? Reagan, are you locking in with Pat? Sure. Tanner, do you have a guess? I'm going to go Marv Albert. Marv Albert, that is a very good guess, but the correct answer actually is Pat Riley. Yes, sir. In 1988, he um, he trademarked the term, but he credits Byron Scott for coining the phrase, apparently. So there you go. Mm. There's that. That was, that was that was fun. That was a good one. We're, we're definitely going to be doing more trivia because I enjoyed the hell out of that. And only this oh, time. Next time, I'll actually write this shit down so I have the questions ready. But it's fine. That was, that was a good time. time. You're going to do it. We'll have someone else. Oh, I'll definitely lose. Absolutely not. No, I'm good. I'm good. We'll figure out a buzzer buzzer system. We can do NFL trivia. God, I'm not good at NFL history, though. I'm good at recent history. I meant for me and Tanner, because I know you're bad at all trivia. Listen, Linda. That's not 76ers trivia. There you go. That's a little better. All right. Well, do you guys have anything you would like to say before we end this one off? Um, Final score was 9-7. Nine to seven. Oh, that last so, one was actually worth forty-five points. Oh, so that okay, so, so <laughs> Tanner's trying to do the math in his head. I saw saw his nine to fifty-two actually. I'll just, yeah, I'll just give him yeah. Fantastic. So, I'll give him I'll give him three. So it's nine fifty-five. So um, Reagan is the undisputed champ of the world. I respect it. But thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the No Name Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will catch you next time.